Jesus Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine on a Time for another week of N4G Radio? Maybe? Is it? It's episode 512 for April 16th, 2018. Have you done your taxes? Yes. Good. Because uh, they're due tomorrow. It's always... It's always... I'm always impressed or very disappointed by the amount of money that I get back. It's nowhere <laughs> in between. Either I'm like, holy shit, I got a lot back. Or other times, like, is, is this all I'm getting back? You know, it's just nowhere in between. How about for you? Uh, for me, it's usually, it's been pretty consistent. It okay. it got a leap when, when you have a child. That's always a big one. Oh, uh, that's true. Um, but, I, you know, I talked to my tax person this year, and she basically told me next year I should expect to get nothing. Oh, uh, Dios mio. So, since the new job... Change, change my tax bracket. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess your added income makes up for the not getting the return, but still, that's kind of a bummer. It, it is, because uh, I always look forward to that uh, now that I'm old, mm-hmm. to do uh, work around the house. It's like getting a bonus from the government. You know? Yeah. Like, Come on, thanks. Thanks, government. Yeah, thank you. I can I can get my fence fixed, or I can get my air conditioner fixed. Or you can or buy another Xbox One X, you know, just uh, the other room. You know, I you don't know. No, we don't do that. <laughs> so that's the guy who owns how many Xboxes? Uh, there are three in my house. Yes, yes. But that's that because... Every- two more than you need, Ken, okay? No, everybody in my house wants an Xbox. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not like I play the other two. The other two are not mine. Right. So, you know, my son wanted one for Minecraft, and my wife wanted mm-hmm. one for Overwatch. So... She's still playing Overwatch? Yeah. Oh, cool. She's, like, level 240 now, I think. Damn. Yeah, they she's... so fast. Yeah, she's playing a lot. Like, she... Like, leapfrogged where I was at that point and how long she'd been playing. <laughs> Whew... But no, this is uh, this is going to be an interesting show because you know, fuckers just can't make it. Drew is not here, and neither is Ryan. 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 Is that is that, is that the artist formerly known as Ryan? The artist, Ryan. Yeah, the artist formerly known as the Wombat. Yes. So we are looking to to make it so that we don't cancel these shows. I was not going to cancel the show this week because I'm sure a few people out there want to hear about a game. That's uh, coming out this week. Um, but we're looking to get some more people to join the show, mm-hmm. so that we don't have to cancel anymore. And I, I don't think I'm going to cancel anymore. As long as there's two, if you guys enjoy the two-person dynamic, you'll have to let us know. 
And I can expand my Overwatch time to 30 minutes instead of 15, so <laughs> that is just a win-win for everybody. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they'll tell us not to do that show anymore. <laughs> yeah, just instantly, just no listeners. Yeah, yeah. Like, as soon as they hear the word Overwatch, they just click delete. What if you, we use a new keyword, like a special word for Overwatch that is not Overwatch? I, I still I still think no? they'll catch on. Damn. They're I mean, too smart for us, Ken. We might get one episode out the door, but after that one, they'll be like, wait a minute. We talk about the the Paladins game from Blizzard. Uh, um, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's a team-based game. So. You know, I, I cannot play that game. Paladins? Yeah, I tried it three times. You, you tried it three more times than I did. Yeah. And I don't know why you gave it that many chances, to be frank. It was free. So, I guess. Which is weird, because I'm more apt to give a game that I paid money for more chances than a game. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me, because when you download a free game, it kinda, it's kind of like you download it just because it was free, not because you wanted to play it, right? So you don't have that incentive to kind of check it out right away. Uh, when you pay money, obviously you're paying money because you want to play it. So, yep. otherwise, makes sense. Anyway, speaking of video games... Yeah, there's uh, there's a few good ones out there, and we can talk about those. You want to talk about some video games? Sure, I have a couple that uh, obviously I've been playing for a long time that I'm continuously playing, but uh, a couple of new things with them. So I did. Uh, let's talk about. Well, you know what? Let's just let's just get the the Overwatch thing out of the way. There was a new um, there was a new patch, Retribution, uh, the new event. How'd you like it? I thought it was okay. It's it's fairly short. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not nearly as complex and and to be frank, challenging as Uprising was. You think so? No, I okay. I have I barreled through uh, hard with very little effort, uh, right. and I may actually try expert. Like Uprising on hard is really fucking hard. Yeah, they throw so many enemies at you. And not only that, but you have to protect the payload, and then mm-hmm. you have to take out the three fucking Orissas and two Bastions at the end, and, and it sucks. Um, so, and, you know, Retribution is just... Truthfully, the only thing that's hard about Retribution are the heavies. Mm-hmm. That it, that's it. Like, the rest of the special enemies in that thing, they are not hard. Yeah, until you ratch up the difficulty, the expert or higher, they're not gonna really be uh really be much of an issue. Like in in expert mode, a sniper one shot you. The assassin, when he gets on you, he depletes your energy. Uh, uh, you're over a health in like two or three seconds, so you have to be really quick on getting those. So it's kind of like more akin to Left 4 Dead, like an episode of Left 4 Dead than it is Uprising, which is kind of like horde mode. Yeah. So I like that you know we have the horde mode now we have the the Left 4 Dead kind of mode. And they kind of complement each other. Going back and forth between the two, seeing the dynamics between the characters, and seeing the various different uh, things about the gameplay, I thought it was quite enjoyable. But what stuck out to me with this event particularly is the quality of the skin, I feel like, in this particular event, is the best out of all the events so far. Like, I love all the skins. I want them all, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I've got two so far. I've got Moira's and Sombra's. Oh, you got oh, you got you got the really good ones, dude. I, I, I want, want the I want, ones so I want Hanzo's. Like, want Hanzo's? Yeah, Hanzo's is really cool. Um, Sombra's looks cool. I don't play her, but yeah, the Moira one was... I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. I got the uh, the Reaper one, and I got the... Um, well, I got the the McCree one from last year, but I I like the Black Watch stuff, so it's really yeah, no, I, I like McCree's Black Watch outfit. That's pretty cool. But 
But uh, yeah, well, that's that's enough about Overwatch. Um, I play more Monster Hunter World. The new event for Spring Festival has been going on. The Mega Man event is up now, um, so you can make your Palico to be dressed up like the eight bit Mega Man, uh, and that's actually pretty cool. He comes with his own sound effects and like the little Mega Man two sound. So, so uh, how much effort do I have to put in to get that? Um, are you high rank yet? No, no. no you no. have to be. You have to be high rank to okay, be able to well do it. It's a rank seven it. quest. Yeah, ah, but sucks. doing the quest itself is actually pretty easy because you're fighting two autogarons, and uh, one is tiny, like the size of a dog, right? And the other one's giant, and you fight them one after the other, and it's a pretty fun fight. You only need uh, basically five tickets to get everything, so it'll only take you about three or four fights of that, which doesn't take very long at all. But it's very cool. They also give you free backgrounds for your guild car for everyone that has the little background of a of a Mega Man level, so you can put your Palico in there. And then your your guy looks like he has like a controller in hand. It's just kind of funny. So is this a limited time thing, or is it going to be in the game forever? Um, the background I think everyone gets as long as you log in. But as far as the the skin goes, the events kind of phase out over time. But just like how with this Spring Blossom event. Every event previously came up again, you know, that kind of timed out. So there's going to be more events just like this. There's going to be summer, and I think there's going to be winter. And there's some kind of new, exciting news coming in. There was an interview with uh, the director and the uh, developers for Monster Hunter World, and they're hinting very strongly at the possibility of an expansion where they add new maps along with new monsters. So they said only half of the world has been revealed so far in the game. So there's going to be a lot more things to come. I'm not sure if it's, that's, that's going to be a part of like either the free free DLC stuff or going to be an expansion pass later down the line as it becomes like a you know like a thirty dollar thing where you get the rest like the other half or something like that. Either way, I'm I'm very excited to see where they go. Um, the other game that I've been playing for a while that had new content put in was Hearthstone, um, which would happened. And now it is the year of the Raven instead of the year of the Mammoth, which means a bunch of the standard cards have shifted out of the meta. So now you have all these different types of decks uh, that kind of you know brought into the new meta and they're seeing, trying to figure out exactly what kind of cards are best, trying to figure out what decks work well against others. The I think if you play card games, you would understand that the first few weeks of an expansion is the most exciting time to play a card game. Because nobody knows what the best deck is for at least a few weeks. So during that time, you're able to really go crazy with your ideas and try to be really inventive with the, with the, uh, the deck creation. And therein lies the fun. But unfortunately, Hearthstone has, has been a very expensive game to play because all these different types of sets that you need cards for, epic cards, legendaries, that are so important to building a deck. So even though I bought the 50... Was it the forty dollar or the fifty? When you, whatever, it's a seventy dollar pack thing. You get you get fifty packs and then you get twenty free. I opened that and I still didn't have a, have enough to make certain decks that I really wanted to make. So I'm having fun with it. It's like a good good game to play on the phone. I don't think there's any other uh, phone game that I play nowadays except for uh, Hearthstone. But other than that, yeah, that, that was pretty good. And this may surprise you, but I finally got around to playing Fortnite. Oh. The first time, yeah. Have you played um, PUBG, or is this your first? No, I, I have not played PUBG. Well, we were just talking about how we're not willing to pay for things that we don't really particularly want to play, right? <laughs> so, like, Fortnite is, is a free game. That's the only reason why I decided to check it out. And this, it's also become kind of a phenomenon, just like how PUBG was. But now it has significantly overtaken PUBG 
in terms of player base and popularity. And I just wanted to see what the fuss was, finally, you know. Um, and I booted it up, and my experience went thus. For the first 15 minutes of the game, I was just running around empty, deserted town, collecting items and breaking stuff for parts. Yep. And then I got killed by an enemy I couldn't see, and then I started a new game. Yeah, that's, and then the- <laughs> that's pretty much a battle royale game. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, like, I had to kind of wonder, like, when I watch someone now stream the game, right? Because I just, you know, that guy, um, um, Ninja, yeah. incredibly popular Fortnite streamer. He makes a ton of money, uh, good for him. But he is also very, very skilled at Fortnite, so I would decide to watch his stream. And the way he maneuvers the terrain and builds cover on the fly, like, it's like an instantaneous reflex for him. It's actually fascinating. Yeah. And I can see the layers of the gameplay really being, uh, really being a big part of that game. But at the same time, when I look at the free-to-play aspect of it, I think it's good because you don't buy power ever, right? There's no thing that allows you to become stronger than anyone else, from nope. what I of what I understand. Um, which is which is you know, obviously paramount to the game of success. Uh. But at the same time, if you want to buy a dumb fishbowl head skin for Fortnite, it costs twenty dollars for one skin. So yeah. I was like, eh, it's it's a nice looking skin. They did a good job. But one particular cosmetic shouldn't shouldn't cost twenty dollars. I think like that's a bit much, right? Is that am I am I foolish in thinking this, or no, do you think that's fair? That's that's ridiculous. Although somebody I play Overwatch with bought twenty dollars worth of loot boxes and only got mm-hmm. one of the skins from the event. So well, in essence, he paid twenty dollars and he didn't even get to pick the skin that he got. That's true. That's true. You know, if you put it that way, that makes sense to some degree. But you can also, you know, use the the coins that you get to pick whatever skin that you want, but only if you got the coins uh, in those loot boxes. So I guess the, there's the pros and cons of both, right? The loot box aspect. If you get lucky, you'll get everything and more that you want in a loot box. Uh, if you're unlucky, you're not going to get that one thing that you want. Let's say, for example. You know, you, you want to get the Moira skin, you have zero coins, and you buy a hundred loot boxes, which is going to cost you something like, what, $60, $70, something like that? And uh, you don't get it, then you're going to feel really bummed out. Um, so, yeah, loot boxes and free-to-play uh, cosmetic items are a bit of a mess. Uh, but, I mean, I mean I'm, you know, I'm glad people are enjoying the game. I can see the appeal to some degree, but if I'm ever going to play this game again, I'm going to play it on PC, because I play it on the PS4. And boy, oh, I struggle with the fucking controls and third-person shooters when it comes to these kind of things. Because they have uh, this thing called, uh, you know, like aim assist, right? Yeah. So when you're hovering around the enemy, your crosshair stops and, like, crawls when it comes to movement. And I'm sure that helps somebody, but it does not help me. It just helps mess me up even harder because it's it's kind of... I'm trying to compensate for the amount that it's... It's slowed down, but it never really feels consistent, and I I get really messed up in the in the aiming department. So if I were playing with mouse and keyboard with no aim assist, the gunplay would be much more enjoyable. And then from that point, I can kind of start to grasp the the construction element of the game. Um, and I can definitely see why people like this game more than PUBG because a it actually runs really really well with no kind of bugs or any kind of issues. Um, and b it's got that whole you know. Uh, building aspect of it that PUBG doesn't have, which I think is a, is a is a huge deal because not only does it add to the gunplay, it also adds to your mobility. Like for example, if there's a building in front of you and like it's fenced off in like PUBG, you're gonna have to go around that shit. But in um, in Fortnite, you just build a little ramp. That's it. You're just over completely. 
you can build your own fort, you build your own, uh, build, your own build your own defense center, and just kind of go from there. So, this, I think this is going to be another one of those games where it's like I can appreciate why people like it, but it is not for me, kind of deal. Yeah, and you truthfully, most games allow you to turn off that aim assist now. Oh. Do on the in this game, I, I was looking for the mouse sensitivity thing in there. I turned it up, but I'm I didn't see the. Yeah, most most games will let you do like Overwatch on on consoles has like a a, a bar that you can slide mm-hmm. for aim assist, which I've turned mine all the way off. But like that's a lot of console games have that now because they put it in there for people to kind of get used to the game, right. and then once they get used to the game, then they can just kind of slide it off. But okay. the, my pro- one of my biggest problems with Fortnite is how fucking convoluted the menus are, so I couldn't even begin to tell you if that's in there or where it would be. Oh, uh, the the settings and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, like, I don't like the menus at all in that game. It It's mm. just convoluted, and it's messy, and it's hard to tell where simple things are. So, I don't know. Hmm. Well, that's that's kind of a thing that you can fix over time very easily. So, hopefully they will and make it more intuitive. Uh, but, like I said, if I'm going to play this game again, I'm going to play it on PC. Because I remember, you remember Evil Within 2, Ken? You had to do those uh, trials where you go in the gun range, you get a lot of points and goo. Yeah. If you, if you did, right? The final round of that, I was having a lot of trouble on my on my controller. So, I swapped over to keyboard and mouse. Uh, and then play it on my PC monitor instead of on the TV, and then I got that in like half a second. So my aim, just the way I'm used to playing everything, all the first-person shooters, is on the mouse and keyboard. So if I do that, I think probably I'll have more fun. So I'm willing to give the game one more chance, this time on PC, and guess what? It's free, so I can do that, you know, without any kind of worry at all. So that's nice. And the other game that I played that... Might also surprise you once again, because it's not a game that I think most people would think that I would try out, and it's Mad Max. And that was the PS Plus game for last month, right? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that game is, uh, it's alright. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I played the first, like, two hours of the game so far, and I'm actually, I actually kind of like it. It's one of those games where I, I looked at the reviews, which were very middling. It's like a bunch of sixes and sevens what the, is what the games got. Yep. And people said it was very underwhelming, very by the numbers, open world. And that is very true. Like, the combat is that typical, you know, Arkham, Batman style. But it's serviceable, and you know, it gets the job done. I, I say it's at least a little bit better than Hand of Fate's Batman, discount Batman combat, so there's that. Uh, but what I really like is the whole aspect of the whole basically the game is pimp your ride the video game sure yeah yeah and then you go around the apocalyptic wasteland trying to pimp out your ride and make it as more make it as powerful uh you know as possible which is fun because you get additional things like the the grapple you get different types of like side burners and different equipments and then vehicular combat is actually pretty enjoyable too because you don't have a lot of bullets you're always having to use your use your vehicle like a weapon either as a ramming ramming device or just trying to figure out a way to outmaneuver your your enemies. And I think that's pretty fun. And man, this game looks really nice, I gotta say. Yeah. It's it's uh it's the Just Cause developers. They uh they can make a pretty good open world visually. Yeah, yeah you know the thing about Just World Just Cause is that it, it looks really nice but it runs like crap. Yep. But Mad Max runs really well, like super consistent, you know, across the board, which surprised me. And um, it's one of those games. I think I'm gonna kinda chime in back and forth and then do a little mission here or there, and then go back in and do, th- do a little more of that. I also find uh, the naming of the characters pretty funny. Uh, your, your sidekick, his name is Chum Bucket, yep. which is a fantastic sidekick name. 
and your the main antagonist group uh, is Scrotus. <laughs> It's hard to fu- it's hard to take them seriously, and his Scrotus and his acolytes of awful is what they call it, and I'm like, that's good, that is good, you know, it's not it's not something like the Shadow Clan or some sinister generic sounds like no acolytes of awful. His name is Scrotus. Sure, I mean, get used to it. Yeah. It's a post-apocalyptic wasteland. It works. Yeah, everyone's everyone's wearing football pads, you know, as you gotta. Well, not this one. This is the new Mad Max, but the old Mad Max used to be the... <laughs> Remember the original Mad Max movies, Ken? Oh, God, yeah. When when <laughs> Mel Gibson was, like, super young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all the post-apocalyptic people basically look like they just raided a sports authority. <laughs> yeah, they look like they look like rejected wrestlers from the WWE or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All of them have, like, crazy mohawks, and they, they're wearing odd knee pads and shoulder pads for no reason. Um... Very, very much like uh, Fist of the North Star kind of deal. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, Fist of the North Star actually came out after the first Mad Max movie, I think. So it actually took inspirations from that. But uh, either way, you know, I, I'm just glad I got the chance to play this game because if it wasn't PS Plus, I definitely would not have even given this game, a, you know, a time of day. So, but uh, yeah, that'll do it for me. All right. Uh, we already talked about Overwatch. I, truthfully, I've been out of town all week, so I didn't play much of anything. Um, I did finally start up Owlboy. That's, uh, that is an interesting game. Yeah. What do you feel about the, the freedom of mobility that you have from the very beginning? It's, it's almost overwhelming, because, like, I got, Mm -hmm. I got a little lost in the beginning, uh, trying to figure out how to actually get into the main open world to kind of do the first mission, because, like, it doesn't give you any sort of direction. You know, you can talk to people, and they'll tell you, you should go see the professor, but I'm like, well, where, where is he? Like, there's no thing telling me where he is, so... And I just happen to kind of randomly run into the little guy that you carry around mm-hmm. with you. Um, but once I actually started getting going, and I did that first, uh, I guess you would call it like a dungeon, um, that game has some neat mechanics, and I think that... Uh, I'm assuming, from what I've heard, it's kind of like a Metroidvania, so I'm going to get more powers along the way to help me... Mm-hmm. Navigate the world, so it's uh, it's better than even more powers. Can you get more allies? You get more followers that you're carrying along, and based on the ally that you have, you have different abilities and powers okay. and different like shots that you have. So you know, not only you get the power, but you get like another personality. You get another team member, which I thought was a pretty good way to implement it. Yeah, I, it's uh, I, I really like the look of it. Like it's pixel art, but it's like. It's like granular pixel art. Like, it's really small pixels, so there's a lot of really neat animation in it. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. I think, uh, I think I'll have fun with that one. Um, God, did I play anything else before I talk about it? <coughs> like I said, I've, I've been gone all week, so I have not talked about I can finally tell you that I like Ease, because it's out now. The uh, East Origin, right? Yeah, East Origin. Uh, they put it out on Xbox. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm going to give this a shot. So I started playing it. Uh, I've made it through the first... I think it's... I, they consider... You go by floors, right? Uh, Kind of, yeah. Yeah, like I finished the first floor with the big boss. Not the mini boss that when you run into the two people, but the actual floor boss before mm-hmm. you go to the next area. I beat him. Um, that's a neat game. I did not know it was like a top-down action game. I thought it was like a turn-based RPG. Oh no, no! All the all the East games are action-based. I will say East One and Two are very different because you don't have a button to attack in East One and Two. 
You literally just kind of run into them until they die. It's a weird thing, and a lot of people don't like it, including myself. I don't like Ease 1 and 2. Uh, but the other Ease games are really stellar, like Oath and Filgaia, um, Ark of Nephism or something like that, and there's all these different Ease games, and they're very high fidelity, high you know, high impact action games, and they're incredibly fast, but I will have one question for you with your experience so far. How do you like the music in that game? The music is incredible. I know. It's, it's so it's, good. It's really good. Um, the one thing that took me a minute in, the, in this, I should have thought about it before I played it, but this game like gives you no direction. Mm-hmm. So I ran around the dungeon six times before I figured out I had to use... Because it never teaches you that you can use items. <laughs> so I had this item that would let me see through walls. Right. And the, I just could not figure out where to go. So finally I had to look it up. I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? They're like, oh yeah, you need to use that mirror that the dude gave you that you can see through this wall in this room. And I'm like, you can use items? Yeah, I think you equip it and it just does it for you, right? Yeah, you just go into the menu, which the menus, man, like the game yeah, it's, looks... Yeah, it's an old game. Yeah. The, the game looks good, like, on screen, but when you go into mm-hmm. the menus, they're blurry as shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. they didn't clean those menus up at all. So, but no, it's it, I, I'm enjoying that game. It's, it's fun. But like I said, man, if you like that game, let that be the gateway to uh, the E-Series in general. That series is one of my favorite, like, action games of all time. East 8, which I reviewed um, for the site, is going to be on Switch soon. So, you know, I mean, if they you know, if they want to send us a review copy, maybe check that out as well. I'm kind of thinking that I might check it out. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about those games. It's coming to Switch. I've never played, you know, one of the newer Ease games. So I'm like, maybe. Yep. Maybe. Uh, and I beat God of War. You sure did. So the, the first game, so you beat... Ares, the God of War, and now you can move on to God of War 2, right? That's uh, that's what we're talking about? No, not that one. No, 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 not that one, but no. it's called God of War. It's called I'm God of War. It, it is called God of War. Um, yeah. So, you know, I stayed up in my hotel room on, what was that, Wednesday night, whatever, to make sure my review posted. Nice. Uh, and I was kind of nervous, because I didn't know if everybody else felt as highly about this game as I did. And boy, howdy, do they! Did you see that little little picture with the, all the tens on it? Did There's you, like thirty you, tens on there. Did you see that I'm on that picture? Of course we are. We're we're a very prestigious establishment. I am and on, people I, really respect our opinion, man. I am Come legitimately on. on his left shoulder. Yes, I am right, right there. Like Sony emailed me and asked me if it was okay. I was like, "Are you kidding?" Hell yeah! Oh, of course okay. it's okay. Um, but no, it's kind of funny when they ask you for a quote, they usually send you the quote, and literally mm-hmm. in the email that they asked me for the quote, it was just 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, so, but no, that that game, you know, we talk a lot every year about that one game, and I really feel like God of War is that game uh, that you get once a generation that you just kind of talk about. Wow, dude, Be- that, that is so crazy to me because... <laughs> Think about all the doubt and hesitation people have had with this game since this reveal early on, you know? Oh, absolutely. I was I was one of them. That's kind of how I yeah. started my review. I was like, you know, when they showed this game, I'm like, this ain't my Kratos. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to talk about this. Obviously, we don't want to go into any spoilers. Game no, no, no. I will, not, I will not spoil yeah. anything. And, and for those listening, be warned that on Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, that is our streaming embargo. And 
people will be able to show things. And, I mean, everything. Absolutely everything can be a spoiler. The trophies have spoilers in them. Um, There is a word that I could say. If you see somebody streaming post-game, there will be spoilers in that video. So do... There are things that happen in this game you do not want spoiled. I know that sounds crazy, because let's be frank, God of War has always had an interesting premise, Mm -hmm. but it's not always had the most intriguing story. And this one really, really, really does. Well, yeah, that just kind of goes over to my question then. Um, Because what really resonated with me personally when... uh, Was it the 2016 E3 where they first revealed God of War? Is that right? Mm Mm-hmm. 2016, and then they had the whole gameplay footage of the guy playing, and there was that one scene at the very end, after the boy kills uh, their uh, the deer or whatever that thing is, and then he's about to cut him up, and then he kind of looks downtrodden, and Kratos reaches over to him, and for a moment he 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 kind of stops himself, yeah, and instead of kind of like you know like touching his shoulder to reassure him, he kind of reaches over with a knife and then kind of finishes the job. And that that moment in particular showed a lot of subtlety and nuance that I didn't think God of War was capable of, and I thought that might be a sign of things to come. Does that does that moment represent of what the what a lot of the game has to offer, Ken? Yeah, that is definitely a through line in that story. Great, great. So there there is a lot of that, um, and it's like especially being a father of a little boy. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of moments in this game where oh, I'm like, right. oh man, that's oof. Oh, yeah. Like, and this is one of the first games where... So, it's it's no secret that this game has, like, an open... Kind of open world thing going on. You can go to different places using the boat. Um, There's a lot of times when I'm playing games like that where, like, I just rush to the next spot. Like, the conversation that the characters are having is not really all that interesting to me. Mm -hmm. But in this game, I would literally sit at the dock to finish the conversation. Because there is just a ton of it. Every time you get back in the boat, there is interesting conversation. It's world building. It kind of fleshes out what's going on in the world. Um, it's There's just a lot. It fleshes out the, the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. Um, you know, like what happened with his mother and it, it, just like all of that stuff. It's, it's in there. And another concern would uh, you know be that you know, you have this child, and then we have a voice actor who is going to be a young, right? Yes. How was how was his performance overall? Did it did it did it work well with Kratos? Yes, absolutely. the The child's performance is excellent. In fact, just about every character in that game is excellent. Um, there's a scene that happens probably about an hour into the game that introduces one of the main antagonists in that game, and whoever is playing him, I don't know who it is, is just. Stellar. Oh, like, does it sound very intimidating? And it's it's not necessarily intimidating. He's got his own like panache to him. Mm. Like he is really an interesting character, and he kind of plays through the the through line throughout the game, and also kind of builds. Because that's one of the things that's really interesting about this game is that as you're going through the game, and it's no secret, this is a continuation. This is the same Kratos. Um, but just like the characters in the world figuring out who he is and the slow progression of you know per, of Kratos kind of opening up to his son is like I can't believe I'm saying this about Angry Man 
<laughs> you know, like, it, there's so much depth to the characters in this game. Um, and it is depressing that T.C. Carter is not doing Kratos again, but I will say that Christopher Judge did an outstanding job. Like, his Kratos is pretty damn good. And Kratos has an epic beard. He does. He does. Yeah, so, no, the, like, as crazy as it sounds, the best thing about this game is the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else about the game is just as damn good. Well, let's let's talk about it then. Let's sure. talk about the the combat and the exploration element of it, and the upgrading of the characters. What do you, how do you how do you how do you go about that? So, if you're like me, you had the concern watching like the early trailers. Like this is a over the shoulder third person camera combat is not going to be you know the God of War fast paced visceral combat that we'd had before, and you're going to be completely wrong. Um, the combat in this game is absolutely just incredible. So there's a lot to it. There's a lot of systems. So you've got the Leviathan Axe. Uh, I'm sure you've seen you can throw it, you can call it back. Um, There's also a huge amount of upgrades that you can unlock through a skill tree. Uh, Kratos is able to use the axe, or he's able to throw the axe and of course use his fists, or he can just use his fists. He can also block with his shield. And you can, like, combo all of these moves into different things. So, um... You can actually get runes that attach to your axe that will give you different abilities. Uh, You can also unlock special moves. So when you hold down the the L1 button to block, you can unlock these like runic attacks that are like overpowered attacks that use up um, like this special meter. And when Mm. you use those, they're like overpowering attacks. So And you can swap those out kind of anytime you want, and you can also upgrade those over time so that they do more damage or they give you more... Uh, for your Spartan Rage meter. Um, God, I'm trying to stay away from... It's hard sometimes, because there's things that happen later in the game that you can't really talk about. But um, there is um, Atreus. That was also another concern in the combat area. He is perfectly viable to take care of himself. You don't ever have to worry about him. Uh, He also has a button. I called it the Atreus button, the boy button. (laughs) <laughs> the boy button. The boy button. So does Kratos go, Jason? No, no. He's there, not. there is a scene where you press a button to yell his name, which I, I, I immediately, I was like, Jason. Press X to uh, I, Jason. I wonder if they did that uh, fully understanding what that means. It's possible. Yeah. But no, the square button uh, controls him, and the only, the only two bu- functions it has is you can press it, and he'll shoot an arrow at somebody, or you can hold it, and he will do one of his. Uh, later in the game, you get these like runes that can do summon spells from his arrows, and you can get different ones. Like I just got one that has a squirrel. And that's all I'm going to say, and it's kind of hilarious. But you can hold the button down to perform those, and obviously they have like a cooldown timer on them. But but he is he is very good. Uh, what I really one of the things that's so subtle about this game is the small details. And one of the things about him is that when you first start the game, he's very timid, like he doesn't attack as much. Mm-hmm. But the more you play the game, the more his confidence builds. He gets more aggressive. Nice, and I that like is that. that is a really cool thing. Because um, when you first start the game, you literally have to tell him all the time, like stay away. Um, or if you want him to attack somebody, you actually manually have to do it. And by the end of the game, he was rushing in and like jumping on dudes' backs. It was kind of awesome. But um, both Kratos and Atreus both have armor that you can equip to upgrade. Obviously, Kratos has like four different pieces, and Atreus just has the one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can also upgrade their weapons. Like I said, you you will find a blacksmith that will do all the upgrades to your weapons. Um, but again, I can't talk more about the combat because there are things <laughs> that happen later in the game that you can't talk about. It's, it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to be able to talk about the game like frankly next week after we have all played a little bit of it at least. Yeah, I there are still things I can't talk about even because you got to give that it's kind of that uh, Bioshock. Mm, mm, okay, you, you I guess so. Yeah, there there are certain things that happen, and I will feel bad for anybody because I'm going to be real honest with you. There's a sequence that happens in the game. I probably say about three quarters of the way through that, like, made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Oof! Like it was, it was just like, oh man, because you know it's coming. They kind of telegraph <laughs> it, and then there's like a journey to go do it, mm-hmm. and you go do it, and then you get it, and you're like, oh shit. I can I can guess by what you're hinting at what it might be, but obviously I'm not gonna even say. Yeah, no, but that's that's the cool thing is like that's not the only thing. Like mm. there are other things, uh, especially like the ending. The ending is cool. It definitely leaves it open. Um, I like that you're able to go back around the world. Um, and and again, the small things are really cool. Like when you're riding around in the lake, you always have your main thing that you're supposed to go do. But Atreus will actually like try to convince you to go do other things. He's like, you know, we don't we don't have to go do that. We can go do this. Why don't we go over there? And, like, he'll point to a place and kind of try to get you to go there. Hmm. And that's the game's kind of subtle way of, like, hey, maybe you should go explore because you're going to find some items. Because there's, there's loot. There's colored loot in this game. Would, oh, that's... That's a little bit worrisome to me because you know how there's an oversaturation of loot sometimes, sure, sometimes sure. of Neil, where there's just like sh- too much shit. You don't know what's better. We don't know what's worse. That's, how about this game? God of War is really nice with this because I'm a. It, it's not abundant. Okay. It's great. very. It's and in fact, you don't really have to put new loot on because you can upgrade your current loot. And a lot of times, I had upgraded it well enough that the even like the purples and the golds were not as good as what I was wearing. Oh, okay. So it it all depends on, and it does change how you look, which that drives me crazy in games when you can get loot and you know, look at this new helmet, but your helmet doesn't change. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Like basically does nothing. Yeah, so the, it actually does in this game. Okay, man, Ken, I gotta I gotta say, man, like after all the hype of the ridiculous review scores that game has been getting, highest rated game of the of, of the year so far by by a margin as well. Yeah. Um, it's sitting at 95 in Metacritic. The next uh, highest rated game next to that is Shadow of the Colossus at 92. So, isn't, oh, isn't Zelda is, the only game like Metacritic higher this generation? Like, um, doesn't it sit at 96, I think? Which, uh, I, that I takes nothing Zelda away from God of War because God of War is just absolutely... Like, holy shit, if this does not win Game of the Year, something else that came out this year is going to have to be really fucking good. You know, you know me and Drew. We both said that Monster Hunter World is our game of the year so far. Oh, sure, so, sure. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see with this game because I think he and I kind of have an affinity for Monster Hunter that not everyone does. So that's why we like it so much more than other people do. Um, and then there was games like Yakuza Six, which is also coming out in April. That uh, I'm sure you'll be checking out as it's well as other out, people. It's coming out Tuesday. <laughs> So, you know, hey, hey, guys, you guys have, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to be God of War, jump into Yakuza 6 right away, you good. Oh, no, 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 Yakuza comes out before. Oh, does it? I thought thought it comes out... uh, Yakuza comes out Tuesday, and then God of War comes out Friday. 
So um, if you want a PlayStation, okay, well, you have about the same amount of days to beat it. Down. Yeah, if you have, if you have a PlayStation Four, this is a really good fucking week for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, can you tell me the differences between the PlayStation Four and the play- PS Four Pro version? No, I don't have a regular PS Four. Ah, okay. I've heard well, that well, it's. I've heard that it's fine. So yeah, that's another thing I want to talk about. Um, so on PS Four and PS Four Pro, um, the main mode in PS Four runs at thirty. I want to say. And on PS4 Pro, you can run in enhanced visuals, whatever, 4K mode, whatever, and it's 30. I highly recommend you bump it up to performance mode, because God of War Combat feels a whole hell of a lot better at 60. It does not hold 60. It'll drop down into the 50s, and you can mm-hmm. definitely see it. Um, but the visual hit is not that not as, not as that big a deal. I played the first four hours in uh, enhanced visuals mode, and then I switched to performance, and I could not go back. And yeah. normally that stuff doesn't bother me as much as other people, but it felt like a different game with God of War. I think it generally speaks to the the quality of the combat, if it being that much more responsive makes it feel that much more better to play. For example, if you, fight, if you play a game that is kind of really slow-paced and uh, kind of measured instead of you know high-fidelity, like... Um, a very fast-paced kind of gameplay that God of War seems to have, then 60. Like, for example, you can play Devil May Cry, uh, well, DMC, on 30, or you can play it on 60. And 60 feels like a feels like a different game, yep. the game that you're meant to be playing. And that's because the combat in that game is kind of, you know, made in a way where you're supposed to be able to respond to things very quickly and see the action unfold before your eyes as smoothly as possible, so... It seems to be the same case here, which uh, which is good. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, man, I love the combat. It is so fun. And there's so many little things. Again, the little things, like the details that these guys put in this game are ridiculous. Like, you can throw the axe at their knees and it'll trip them up. You can actually, the smaller enemies, you can stick them to the wall. So, like, that's kind of like crowd control. You can throw your axe and stick a guy to a wall while you go punch one of the other guys. Um, and the enemy variety is very nice. And don't be afraid. Yeah. This is God of War. There are large scale battles. It's good stuff. Uh, would you say the scale of the battles mirror what's been seen in the previously, or not as much? Maybe not as much. Okay. So, like, especially like God of War three, where you had like twenty bosses that were like screen size. Yeah. We're not talking that that quantity. Yeah, I, I was thinking that that would be difficult to do with the camera angle that this game has, you know, compared to the the top down angle. Yeah, uh, that's also that is a very interesting. Like the the single cut camera where it mm-hmm. never like transitions is super interesting. Like I was aware of it the entire time, so I was kind of watching, seeing if they like you know broke it, mm-hmm. but they never break it. I gotta say, those guys at Santa Monica, they're fucking wizards when it comes to delivering, like, game engines and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're able to do something like that. Like, imagine, remember what they were able to do on the PS2 with the seamless, never-loading, you know, yep. like, a gameplay? And that was one of the first of its kind, to not have level-loading, you know? Yeah. And uh, now they do it again with uh, God of War on PS4. Yeah, there is no loading, but you can tell where the loading is. Mm-hmm. There are certain, like places in the environment where like Kratos will have to lift a rock or crawl through a crevice and right, right. Like, but they they kind of hide it in in clever ways so you don't really notice it exactly yeah, and eventually it, yeah eventually you open a, tra- a fast travel system and you'll understand completely just think darksiders and that's how they kind of make that load 
So, oh man, this, yeah. this is a good April, man. Yakuza Six, God of War. Yeah, there's Ooh, a lot, lot of great games to play this month, and I, a lot of big games. I'm glad that I am. I finished God of War, so I can kind of focus on Yakuza, but I still need to finish Far Cry, and I still need to finish Nino Kuni. I am um, very. I am like three quarters of the way through both of those games. <laughs> Oh, okay. So I, you got you got you got to finish one game and then go to the other. Yeah, well, I finished God of War. Unfortunately, it still beckons to me because there's a lot of stuff you can do afterwards, and it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I do need to go back and finish Nino Kuni. I think I'll finish Far Cry first because it's probably the shorter one. I've only got one island left to do, so I'll finish that. Uh, then I'll finish Nino Kuni, but I'll probably start Yakuza before I finish those because. <laughs> and the cycle continues. Yeah, I, I, I learned nothing, sir. Yeah, nothing. but you know, I get a new game. I want to play it, and I really like the opening to Yakuza Six. So I want to play some more of that. Yes, yeah, the opening's really good. Yeah, so like it's you know what? It's not a bad thing to have this many great games, and then on top of that, everybody wants me to play Overwatch, and I'm like, God damn it! It's the embarrassment of riches, man. It is. If, if you're complaining, like, that's why I just don't understand, like, these personalities that do nothing but complain about video games. I'm like, dude, if you play video games right now and you're not happy, you should probably do something else. I can understand some people kind of being let down by some games that were high for, right? But then you get like you get it out of your system and you move on to the next thing, right? Oh, that's yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. You still harp on the negative, man. There's too many good games to be harping on the negative. I think there are ways for our industry and our colleagues to be critical without being negative. Yes. And I feel like that's kind of an art form that is not really touched upon as much. And the thing is, we have the audience that also think in a way where if you're being critical, you're automatically being negative. That is not true. That is no. not true at all. When you're being critical and you're being you know, productive with the uh, – well, constructive with the, the opinions that you have and how it could be a better game, I know there was a ton of shit. Like, like people were basically – like little monkeys throwing shit at Sea of Thieves for the, the amount of quantity of the content and how much it costs and stuff like that. But at the same time, in, in the middle of all those monkeys throwing crap at the game, there were some people that were trying to be like, yeah, but if it had a couple of these things, it could be better with a couple of updates here and there. You know, it could have been a kind of like a, like a $40 game that had an expansion pass later down the line. So there were a lot of really good ideas to have made the game a better thing for the sequel or maybe some kind of an expansion pass later down the line. But, uh, no, I, I feel like people always lump together the criticisms with the negativity. And as long as you're able to kind of separate the two in a fine line, I think you'll be able to see the industry in a better light. Or hopefully you can. No, absolutely. And in fact, uh, Sea of Thieves is in the news. We'll talk about it later. Great. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about what is coming out this week. Casey, As we establish, there's nothing good coming out this no, week. No, so Casey Powell, lacrosse 18. Lacrosse. Lacrosse. Have you ever played a game of lacrosse in your life, Ken? Not in real life or in video game form. <laughs> Not even in video game <laughs> Not form. even in video game form. That's actually funny. I've held a lacrosse... What, what is that thing called? Lacrosse ball? <laughs> lacrosse... Ball shooter? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> My ignorance of lacrosse shames me greatly, but I've held one and I've I put the ball in the little thing and just like toss it a few times with friends, and that's about my extent of lacrosse experience. But it seems neat though. I know people like it. Yeah, no, I, I, I have no, I, I couldn't tell you one thing about that game, other than that they have masks and they throw balls at each other. Uh, don't starve the mega pack. 
Uh, is that like a Switch game, or what is that? Yeah, that's PlayStation, so I'm assuming that's just like everything in one pack, including the co-op, the expansion, all that stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, gun House? I, is it a house made up of guns? If it is, then that's a great game. If it's not, then I don't know what it is. Okay. Uh, Pinball FX3, Star Wars The Last Jedi. So I guess that's finally getting a table. So... 9.5 out of 10 from Drew, then? From Drew. You know, if Drew <laughs> reviews games anymore, I don't know if he... I gave him a game like two weeks ago, and I'm not even sure that he's actually played it yet. Uh, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life. Oh. I, I, I beseech the audience to check out this game. It's so good. It made me cry. I still think about that game sometimes and what happened in it. It's a beautiful game. Please play it. I, I bought it. I will be playing it on Tuesday. Uh, Assetto Corsa, the Ultimate Edition. It is a racing game, in case you're curious. Uh, Drive on Moscow. Okay. What? I, I, I gotta look these games up. Yeah, this is, this is not PC games, by the way. These are PlayStation 4 games. Uh, God of War, obviously, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phantom Trigger. And Slide. Not... It's, S L Y D E, whatever. Uh, Atomic Heist hits Xbox on Friday. Uh, you know we have not mentioned a 3DS game in months, and we do not have another. Ga- the next 3DS game coming out is on uh, May 15th. Yeah, remember the Nintendo Direct that they had, and they were like, "Ah, we're making a new uh, Mario and Luigi game remake inside Bowser Story," and they're like, "2019." Yeah, I was like, "Oh." <laughs> I guess you have nothing to do with 3DS for a long time to come. Then uh, it's it's, just, it's on the back burner for sure. But they they still remember that it, the install base of that 3DS is ridiculous still. So you know, sure, make more games. Uh, Switch Switch time. So on the Switch this week, 2064 Read Only Memories Integral. Uh, it's spring again. Uh, Wild Guns Reloaded, which is a great game, but I heard about the price of this thing. No. It's 30. How much is it? It's thirty dollars. Wasn't it like forty dollars on the PS4? And yeah, Xbox? which was it was didn't come out on Xbox, but yeah, the PS4 oh, okay. version was like thirty or forty dollars. This is a fucking arcade game. Like I, uh, I get that yeah. it's good, it's really good, but man, this game should be like twenty bucks tops. Really Real pricing on some of those uh, like HD remaster of things. Yeah, it blows my mind. Uh, Real about Fatal Fury special. Uh, breaks are for losers. What? It's a racing game. I think it's called Breaks are for Losers. Oh, okay. Uh, Manticore Galaxy on Fire. I am reviewing that, and uh, I booted it up again after the update. But you know, embargo. Can't talk about it yet. Yeah. Uh, Neo Atlas fourteen sixty nine. Okay. Uh, the way remastered. And oh yeah. There's another kind of big thing coming out this week we might have forgot about. Nintendo what? Labo. Holy shit. Yeah, that's out on 420, blaze it. <laughs> Just like God of War. God of War again. I mean, you get yeah. high, you play with some cardboard, and you murder some gods, I guess. They should have done a collaboration so you can dress up like, God, you know, creators with the, make like a cardboard axe so you can swing it around, you know, as uh, you play the game. Hell yeah. Um. Did you, did you put in the request for like a review of this at all, Ken? No, Nintendo stopped talking to me. 
Oh, that's messed up. I, I but, asked for Bayonetta, I asked for Kirby, both times I was denied. I'm like, they're not going to send me the cardboard thing. Yeah, the cardboard thing, I have a morbid curiosity for it, but I think this is going to be a clear case of, it's not for you, dude. You no, absolutely. I mean? No, I I will be interested to see how it pans out, because again, one of the big concerns with this thing is like, what happens when I break it? You know, it's cardboard. It's it's made up of the most indestructible substance known to mankind. I don't know what to worry about. You don't have a child. <laughs> I can give my son a cardboard box at 5 p.m., and by 5.15, that cardboard box is no longer a box. The I think what surprises the most surprised me the most about the label is why is it seventy dollars for a bunch of little make it yourself cardboard kits <laughs> and like a software that has like party mini games in it? You know, I I don't know. And why are people gonna pay this much money for this? I it's gonna know. sell too. You know that. Right? Oh, it's Nintendo. Of course, it's gonna sell. Yeah. It's like um, I don't know. I'll be interested to see the longevity of it. Yeah, I'm curious, but as long as I guess kids have fun, I guess that's fine, you know. But as just this is the same with like Toys for Life. If it becomes like a way to extort money from parents because their kids are like, "Oh, I want the new Labo thing," and it's ex- you know exorbitantly overpriced for no reason, just for the fact that you know they can't be and people are willing to pay it. I, I'm not down with that. You know, I want it to be a reasonable price that people can enjoy, and I don't want it to be seventy dollars for a bunch of little cardboard pieces. It's messed up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to the PC games. PC games are always fun. Baptize Billy. <laughs> oh. All right. This game right here sounds like the most boring game you'll ever play, but it's called Helpless Zombies. <laughs> Helpless zombies? Yeah, like, if you're going to play, like, a horde zombie mode, don't you want them to be kind of, you know, not helpless? And uh, let me read you the synopsis for Baptized Billy, because it's very short and to the point, okay? Uh, Okay. Baptized Billy is an arcade-style shoot-em-up that'll leave your anus busted and your mind disgusted. (laughs) Well done. Michael Chong. Uh, that sounds nothing like the name implies. Well done. Yeah, the the art style and the it looks terrible. It looks utterly disgusting and terrible. But man, th- I've got disgusted and disgusted. That's pretty good. I've got a lot of good ones this week. Yeah. There are some good ones this week. All right, so we have my car and in parentheses early access. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh man, that is that is truth in advertising. I appreciate it. Uh, there's a game coming out called Pong Like, so it's kind of like, like. Po- it's kind of like Pong. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the greedy Max Coon. Boy, that sounds that sounds rough. Isn't Coon some kind of a yeah, racial yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are you stupid? Why? Why? Yes. Uh, all right. This last one, I, I'm only gonna do one more. Cause there's so many good ones, but this is the best one. And I'm gonna, you, you, I know you're gonna request your review code as soon as I read the name. That's it. Last Anime Boy Two: Colon Hentai Zombie Hell. <laughs> oh boy, this. Oh. oh, I can, I can get the DLC soundtrack, dude. I gotta get. Oh, uh, this is a, uh, this is like a Wolfenstein ripoff. Oh Jesus! Like old uh, Wolfenstein or new Wolfenstein? 
old old Wolfenstein. Oh uh, sweet Wolfenstein 3D kind of deal. My leave. Right, let me let me let me read the. Oh god, I, you know what? I'm not sure if I can. I should read this because it's kind of messed up. Uh, oh, but. But I, I feel like I've, I've hinted it too much. And I was going to say, you, you've kind of built it up now, so yeah, you've kind of okay. got to read it. In, 20, in 2088, Nazi Muslims achieved great success in the field of chemical weapons and not to fall into captivity and fight even after death with the infidels, they created a serum that turned them into zombies. Where does the hentai come in from? Why is the anime thing there? I don't get uh, it. Is there any screenshots? Is there like technical porn in there or something that I don't know about? No, not that I can see. Huh. Uh, I, I, yeah, some people are weird, man. I, people I, are weird. People make weird games and people weir- even weirder people probably buy them. And you know what? At least Steam curates their game store so well that we don't have to see you know any poor quality games. So we can know with confidence and buy this game that it'll be a quality game worth our money. Sure. So, thanks, Steam. Thanks, Valve. You, you guys are really doing a good job curating your games. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's talk about some news. There's a lot of news this week. Sure are. There was some good news this week, too. Um, Sam Fisher returns uh, to Ghost Recon Wildlands, but if you didn't play it, he's already gone. Uh, I, I did try to boot the game up and go play the mission, mm-hmm. uh, and I could not find it. The, mi- uh, the map uh, in that game is so big that it's almost confusing. Oh, okay. So I was like, I, I booted it up last night. I'm like, I'm going to go check out the mission, see what it's like. And then I was, it popped up on my screen. It's like, oh, look, we're going to go work with Sam Fisher. And then it's like, pull up the TAC map. So I pulled it up, and I'm like, where the fuck is it? Because I was still in the midst of the Predator mission, because I'd never finished it. Mm-hmm. So it just kept telling me to go there. And I'm like, well, where's the Sam Fisher mission? And never mind. You know what? I don't care. They had a free play weekend with Ghost Recon Wildlands. I was like, ah, maybe I'll check it out, and then and I never, I never did. Dude, this weekend was the absolute worst for free play weekends because there was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Injustice Two was free this weekend. Yeah. Um, there was a couple other big games that were free this weekend. I was like, who has the time to play all the like? You guys should like work this out so that you're not all running on the same weekend. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, new Soul Calibur Six character was announced. Siegfried. Oh, uh, that's a well. I guess the character is not new, though. No, no, no. I mean, for Soul Calibur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a scarf now. Dandy scarf. It's always yeah, nice. Uh, sea of Thieves content update. So there was a lot of stuff going on about Sea of Thieves. A lot of people were upset with its lack of content. So Microsoft came out this week and announced that they had a roadmap. They finally showed their roadmap uh, for Sea of Thieves. Sorry, I'm trying to dig up the email that I got because they they laid it out really nicely. Here we go. Content plan. So, uh, regular content updates and weekly events. Uh, Content updates will add major new features alongside new items and mechanics with with new goals and rewards. Uh, Weekly events will introduce new mechanics or see fun goals for players to achieve in our world. Uh, The first content update is coming in early May. It's called The Hungering Deep. Uh, The Hungering Deep brings a new AI threat to the world that crews will have to work together to discover and defeat as part of a unique event. We will also be introducing a number of new mechanics that will assist players on this adventure, and there will be unique rewards that players can earn as part of this event. Uh, Beyond that, there are two more content updates during the summer, and another three more before the end of the calendar year. 
So that's a good sign. Yes. And they're like, please don't sell our video game. Keep it for a little (laughs) bit longer. Yeah, this is one of those games that I think maybe late summer I'll revisit and see if it's gotten better, because I was certainly extremely critical of this game after being super excited for it before launch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to like it because there's a lot of good in that game. There's just not a lot of variety. So I will definitely revisit that. And it's good to see that they're still supporting it. I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think when you've been working on a game for so many years, and Rare has been working on CODs for like, what, three, four years, right? Uh, it's about six, actually. <laughs> you know, you, you throw your baby out there, and then you hear all the criticism and all the hate and the... Just, 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 just the black, darkest hatred coming in on you. I'm sure there were like death threats and stuff like that too, because that's that's the go-to response for things that you don't like nowadays. Death threats. So you get you get all that, and you think to yourself, like, do you cut and run, or do you try to make something worthwhile? And then yep. they decide to do the right thing, which is you know stick it out, try to do the right thing, and maybe it'll be like uh, No Man's Sky in the latter part, where they can get their shit together, you know, sooner than later, and then people are just going to be able to enjoy their game. Yeah, you know, so. yep. I'm going to I'm gonna revisit No Man's Sky when it launches on Xbox this summer, just to kind of see where that game is, because I haven't played it in over a year. Right. So, I'm, I'm very interested, because I really wanted to like that game. I just didn't. It I liked it for the first, like, three hours. And then yeah, I just, I kind of, right. it's kind of like Sea of Thieves, I kind of want to feel like I have a purpose in that game, so yeah. I'm interested to see where it's at now, because they've done two updates, um, well, they will have done two updates by the time that thing launches, so I'm, I'm interested to see what's in it. Sega had a little thing on Friday night, I think it was? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, they announced um, a Mega Drive Mini. Which was Did they announce which games on that or not yet? No, but it's being made by At Games, which makes me a little nervous. I don't know who At Games they is. They make a lot of those really shitty, like okay. all, all in one. Well, when they when they had it at, uh, for display, it looked nice. It looked uh, yeah, but cool. it, it, it's the, not the machine that bothers me. It's their emulation that I had a problem mm. with. I think um, okay. I reviewed like a Neo Geo arcade that they built once, and like the menus and selecting games is just was really poor. Like qual- okay. like uh, performance wise and stuff. So uh, they also announced a collection of games coming to the Switch, which basically are old Genesis titles. I think it's Thunder Force Five, Fantasy Star, stuff like that coming to the Switch this summer. And then, of course, the big announcement that came out of this was that Shenmue One and Two HD are coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC in 2018. It is a remake. Or not, I'm sorry, uh, not remaster. a remaster, yeah. but they do offer like uh, screen options and modern controls. Also, multiple language options, which is yes. great for the so first can, time. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue 2 was only released on the Xbox, um, the original Xbox, in mm-hmm. English. Uh, the Dreamcast version only came out in Europe. Uh, the thing about those games is that Space was really tight on those discs, so you could not afford to put in the other voice acting. Yep. So to be able to get Japanese voice acting for the first time is actually pretty exciting to me. And for someone like me who plays Shamu 1, enjoyed it, but never got around to playing Shamu 2 because I never owned an Xbox, this is a great opportunity. I can finally see what Shamu 2 was and also kind of be caught up for Shamu 3 when that releases probably in 2019 or so. So this is a really good news for fans. I mean, you know, people have been asking for this in a long time. And there are videos of people like reacting to this new and they're like literally like in the verge of tears. They're so happy. Uh, I love seeing that. It's, it's great. I was on the verge of tears when they announced it too. Oh, were you now? I was. 
mm-hmm. was like, wow, at this point, there's just no, there's no bar for quality, right? They're just remastering old piece of shit, right? <laughs> I thought you're gonna go, I thought you're gonna go the route of, uh, I was on the verge of tears because I was so, I was yawning so hard from the border. You know, <laughs> cheered up a little bit. <laughs> I actually, I actually played through, uh, Shinmu 2 on the Dreamcast. I, I imported a European copy. Okay. Like, I, I have basis for my hatred. I've actually played through both games. Uh, I imported them both from Japan. I mm-hmm. played through the original in Japanese. It was very hard. Uh, and then I replayed it in English. Hey, maybe that's why you don't you didn't like it, because you couldn't understand the story, because it was in Japanese. No, I replayed yeah. it in English when it came out in America. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I played the European version of 2 when it was released. And you know what? Fuck sailors. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to find any more sailors. And I, truthfully, all kidding aside, I'm happy this is happening because for thirty dollars, two games remastered with modern controls, and finally people being able to play Shinmu Two without having to have an X. Or hell, let's let's be frank. Everybody always makes the Xbox comment about Shinmu Two being able mm-hmm. to play the first one without a Dreamcast. Because uh, I'm pretty did sure the first game come out anywhere else after some point. No. And in uh, fact, the uh, Xbox version only had the cutscenes for the first game, so you could watch the cutscenes, but you couldn't play the game. Yeah, that is that. That's a bit rough for sure. So, like, um, the original Xbox sold more than the Dreamcast, so most people have probably not played either game. So. Then that's that's why that's why it makes for such a perfect remaster to do, right? Because a game that not a lot of people have access to, and it's a game that's going to be followed up relatively in the you know foreseeable future. So. You figure people want to be caught up before they want to play a game because this game is very much about the narrative in a lot of ways. And you can kind of see the history of these games. Shenmue is not just your everyday, you know, everyday bargain bin game. It's a game that kind of was the first for a lot of things. It first popularized things like quick time events. The whole open world idea was kind of started off, kickstarted off with Shenmue in full. And also on top of that, you have the whole things like NPCs having their own agenda and doing their own things during the day, uh, day and night cycle that were dynamic, and it was incredibly, uh, you know, past, like well past, like uh, it's it's well, well no, what what am I trying to say? It's it was it's a game that was um, ahead of its time, right? So it, when you're able to see that and kind of go back to the past and see like when was Shamu One released? Like 1999 or something, right? No, it came out the year after the Dreamcast launch, so it'd been 2000. 2000, 2000, okay. Yeah. So it's a very, very old game, and that's without Shamu One. I think the landscape of gaming and the genres that we have today might look differently. So it's a game about history. So in that way, you can appreciate it, but don't go into it thinking that it's going to be like a GTA Five because it's not. It's a really old game at this point and very archaic in a lot of things that it does. So just just go in with a grain of salt, and I think people will be able to enjoy it. I truthfully think it's a bad idea to put this remake out or remaster out because then pe- nobody will buy three when they realize how shitty these games are. Ha ha. Hardy har har. I had to get one more in before we yeah, move yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft did inside... Oh, wait, wait, before, before you go past no, this news because it, it's relevant to me. In Sega, uh, the, the F- FanFast or whatever that thing was, they announced that they were also making a new Sakura Tyson game and that game is called Sakura Wars over here in the States. There was a PlayStation 2 slash Wii game called Sakura Wars 5, So Long My Love or something like that. And that game was very good. It's the only Sakura Wars game that we got in the States. But that's a very long-running series in Japan. It's actually a really good strategy RPG game. And I'm very excited that they're actually making a new one for the first time after like 10 years. 
So if you've been following JRPGs as much as I have, this is exciting news. And if you've never had the chance to check out Sakura Wars, check out the PS2 slash Wii game. That game is actually really good. And it's the whole, like, being able to have only a certain amount of time before you make your responses to people, before Telltale even did. So I think Telltale gets a lot of credit for being like, oh, it makes you tense about talking to people because you only have a certain amount of time to respond. No, it's fucking Sakura Wars that shit like three years before that game it was even, you know, created. So <laughs> They stole it from Sakura Wars. <laughs> it's really good. It's, it's really good, man. I like that game a lot. So That's new game, funny. I hope it comes to the States. Okay, go. Uh, Microsoft held a new episode of Inside Xbox. Uh, if anybody watched the first one, it didn't really have a whole lot of announcements in it. It's, uh, it was a neat look at Sea of Thieves, but everybody was kind of expecting some news. Well, Microsoft apparently heard your your cries, because Episode 2 was packed full of news. Hmm. And let's start with original Xbox backward compatibility. We got the initial run, which was like 13 games, and we have not heard anything since. So Microsoft said, okay, let's let's lay it out, baby. 19 games announced. Nice. Uh, they are coming in two waves. The first wave is on Tuesday. The first wave includes Blinks the Time Sweeper, Breakdown, Conquer Live and Reloaded, The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, Hunter the Reckoning, Jade Empire, Panzer Dragoon Orta, and SSX Three. That is a hell of a good lineup of games. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually excited for games like Breakdown and Panzer Dragoon Orta because. That's the only way you can play them. You know, yep. you can play some of the other games and some other. You can play Jedi Empire on PC and make it look better than it's going to look like on your Xbox. Uh, but you don't know how these work, do you? What Jade Empire? No, no, no. These Xbox uh, backward compatibility games. Well, you put in the disc. And they no, they actually have right? enhanced them. They all run enhanced in, them how? They all run in native 4K and they have had an overlay. Like, go watch a comparison video of Jade Empire running on Xbox and running on mm-hmm. Xbox One X. Really, it looks better than like 1080p, like PC with all those it's, things. It's up? native 4K pixels. Mm. It okay. is. It is incredible. Like, um, I booted up Knights of the Old Republic when they did these, and it looks as good, if not better, than the PC version. Hmm. Like, okay, that's it's, good. That's it's good. impressive what these engineers have done with these backward compatible games. Uh, I, the, I, I didn't know those games came with 4K assets. Yeah, what well, I they don't. It's not 4K assets, but they do this. They explained it in the inside Xbox. So if you go find the video of just where they're talking about these games, you'll see what they did. Um, mm-hmm. They show Jade Empire and Morrowind, and they show the comparison between the original Xbox version and the X version. And literally, the code has not been touched. It's just the way that they run it that unlocks like something that was in the game initially. And they all do okay. run at native 4K. It's I don't under it's like wizardry. It's why I call it wizardry. <laughs> but like, uh, I do have one other question about this backwards compatibility. Sure. If you don't have the original disc, can you just buy a digital copy and then own it and play yes, it? Yes, they have started putting. Uh, they, a lot of these games have already started showing up on the marketplace, and you uh-huh. can buy them, and they're ten dollars a piece. Ten dollars a piece. Okay, that's a fair price. That's I extremely fair, considering most of these discs for these games, like Panzer Dragoon Orta, is ex- super expensive. Oh, dude, man, I. I never got to play uh, Pender Dragoon Orta. I still like have one of the games that I want to play. I still have my disc. I'm ready to pop it in on uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Is that the? Um, oh no no no! Sega Saturn Pender Dragoon is the game that everyone loves. The Pender Dragoon Orta saga. was good, but not as good as the original. Well, Panzer Dra- that, thats the cool thing. Panzer Dragoon Orta—you can unlock the original Panzer Dragoon in it. 
the Panzer Dragoon Saga from... No, 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 the original Panzer Dragoon. The one, the first game on the Saturn. Saga is an RPG, it's a different game. Oh. What the, what the fuck is Saga? Where, what console was that from? Saturn. It's Saturn. a it's a four disc RPG that is extremely rare and one of the most sought after. Yeah, that's the game that I want to play. Yeah, no that that's going to cost you about three to four hundred dollars <laughs> to play that game because it was only released on Saturn and it was super rare. It was at the end of the system's life cycle and yeah, people don't give that game up. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. The second wave of games will launch on the twenty sixth. Uh, they include Destroy All Humans, Full Spectrum Warrior, Mercenaries, Playground of Destruction, MX Unleashed, Panzer Elite Action Fields of Glory, which is only in Europe, uh, and then a plethora of Star Wars games. Star Wars Battlefront, Battlefront 2, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, Star Wars uh, Jedi Starfighter, Knights of the Old Republic 2, and Republic Commando. Oh, Republic Commando, nice. Yep. Uh, unfortunately for Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2, Xbox Live servers were shut off seven years ago, so you cannot play online. Obviously. Makes sense. But no, that's a, it's a good lineup of games. Uh, they also announced six more games were added to the Xbox 360 X Enhanced. So, um, they've been remastering some of the 360 games with features specifically for X, including faster frame rates, higher resolution, 4K. Um, most of them were kind of, eh, you know, whatever. But the mm-hmm. big one was Red Dead Redemption. So that game now runs in 4K. And is essentially the PC version nobody ever got. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how this works, right? Yeah. So I've installed it. I haven't booted it up yet. Uh, this, what about the uh, the frame rates and stuff like that? Does that does that get significantly better too? It's just uh, the game is locked at thirty. Okay. So it it just can't go any higher. But uh, that one was added. Sonic Generations, uh, Dark Siders, Portal Two, uh, Gears of War Two. Uh, there was another one I can't remember, but I, I like those like. They do a really good job on those. If you haven't seen the difference between the original 360 version and the X-Enhanced version, give Microsoft credit on backwards compatibility. They are doing some work on that shit. That's good, because when they went dark, I think you were right to be kind of worried about where the backwards compatibility was going, because, sure. you know, it's, it went like a year without them actually talking about it again, right? Yeah. So to them come back and then blew a bunch of them and, like, waves kind of says that, like, yeah, we remember... And we're going to keep doing these. And I think that's that's a good way to kind of rile up your fan base and say, like, we're championing backwards compatibility more than anyone else this generation. And I think that's good. That's a very good sign. Yep. I'm, I'm extremely happy. Um, they nailed a lot of the games that I wanted in this list, including Jade Empire, Panzer Dragoon, and Conquer. Those were big ones for me. Uh, Banner Saga 3 has a release date for PS4 Switch. Uh, Xbox One and PC should be out July 24th. Uh, I know there was more stuff, but everything was front-loaded with these big ones. Uh, The Division uh, Xbox One X patch is out, so it now supports 4K. Uh, Let's talk about Bosky. So they put out a statement this week saying that Lawbreakers, uh, what we kind of already knew, Mm-hmm. But that game is uh, did not uh, did not catch fire, for lack of a better term. So they are no longer supporting that game. Yep. In its current state, they had mentioned going free to play, but they said it takes a lot more 
resources and work to do that than just flipping a switch. Uh, but, in the midst of all this, the next day they announced a new game, and then they put it out. <laughs> that was that was a quick turnaround, though, wasn't it? And it's a Battle Royale game. Of course it is. It's called Radical Heights. And from what I hear, it's actually okay. Yeah, you know, it had a, it had a, like a nice little run where people were playing it a little bit, just to check it out. Um, you you, you want to know something funny about that? What? It just so happens that the Fortnite servers were down, too. Really? Yeah. Nobody mentioned that in their stories, but the Fortnite servers were down. That's the kind of coincidence that <laughs> people should look into. <laughs> Cliffy G is like down at the Fortnite servers with, with a fucking like gun chainsaw. Yeah, it was, all the servers down. I also saw him tweet out yesterday something about uh, people at Unreal trying to steal people from Bosky. I'm like, man, this is a uh, this has got some drama written on it that doesn't need to happen. Yeah. Um. I haven't played the game yet, but from my understanding is that it's like a it's like a hybrid of Fortnite and PUBG in the way where it kind of looks like Fortnite, but it plays more like PUBG. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's also got a very 80s aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I will say that the game is not doing as well after the first initial release, because um, I think... When you look at the player base of a game, you kind of go to Twitch in a lot of times to see like who's playing, who's watching the game, to see how popular it is. And right now, it's sitting only at 1,875 viewers. And that's kind of low compared to Fortnite's 283,000. It's also double how many people played Lawbreakers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I, bet, I bet from that initial like weekend of people player base kind of going in, that game made more money than Lawbreakers did, so good for them. But the fact that they announced it and released it so quickly in succession kind of makes me think like it was it was really rushed in a lot of ways. Well, it's also labeled as early, early access. Um, yeah. The only thing that kind of bothers me about that is there are paid transactions in that game already. And that game is very clearly not finished, but they found the time to put that in. And I, and I get it. It's a business. you got to make your money to continue to develop the game. But it still seems kind of eh. Mm. I don't know. I'm just I'm done with battle royale games. I tried both of the big boys. They did not really hold my interest. So nothing new is really going to bring me back in. Uh, Mega Man X Collection release date was announced coming this summer. I believe in July. I saw the Switch version. It's going to be Mega Man Collection One and Two in one thing. Is that it? Uh, I thought. Yeah, Nintendo Switch across two collections. Kind of want that. Kind of. Because I really love Mega Man X, like, 1, 2, 3, 4, and then 6, I think. I saw this story the other day about how they were confirming that the X3 in the collection was the Super Nintendo version, and I thought to myself, was there another version? I thought it was only on Super Nintendo. I mean, I could be wrong about that, I don't know, but... I don't hmm. know. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, I'll buy those. I love X, X, 1, 2, and 3. I even like 5 and 6. Be, no, 5 and 6 are good. It's just once they enter this axle, it starts going downhill. Really. Yeah, no, seven, 7 is a bad game. Uh, I don't even remember. 7, seven is did, the 3D so. one. Remember, it's like kind of 3D visuals. It, it, that 
two and a half D, I think, was what. Yeah, that's that's the one they introduced Axel, and that's yeah, the no seven goes down from from there. Yeah, seven's a boy. Well, they've only yeah, made one good. since then, right? X eight. Uh, let's see. X they didn't eight. do X nine. They never made X nine. Yeah, X eight yeah. and X seven are the three D weird ones, and I didn't like those. So Mega Man X one through six I like, and then seven eight yeah. is like eh. And then five and six are really weird because like one of them is super hard and one of them is super easy. Uh, I think you're thinking of five being easy and then six being hard because yeah. five has that time limit thing. Like where you, if you like die in a in a thing, you actually progress the story and then you can't go any further or something. Yeah, I just remember plowing through one of them and then the other one like hitting brick walls like every five seconds. It, it's controversial, but I, my favorite Mega Man game of all time is Mega Man X. It's not like Mega Man Two. It's not Mega Man Three. It's Mega Man X. And I played I played those games as they were launching when I was a child. So yep. I don't have any particular nostalgia about the first game I played. I just love Mega Man X and what that game did to the series in terms of bringing it forward with the the modern mechanics and whatnot. And the level design in that game is just stellar. So just to just to have those games kind of on the go on the Switch sounds like a good good uh, you know good time. <laughs> I, I date myself here, but the only Mega Man game I did not play at launch was the original. Mega Man 1? Mega Dude, Man I don't 1. even know how old that I was. I did not even have a Nintendo when that game came out, but when Mega Man 2 launched, I remember, and this was back in the day when you didn't buy video games, you rented them, I remember running to the video store to rent Mega Man 2 because I could just not wait to play through that game. <laughs> Funny. Uh, for me, it was like my parents would buy me a game and that would be that one game that I would have for like half oh, yeah. a year. Oh, yeah. And then I'd be like, I would just play Mega Man until I beat it, even if it took me forever. And that's basically how it worked. Uh, but boy, though, I like those early Mega Man games. So Mega Man X, ooh, Super Nintendo, so good. Yeah, Mega Man X it might be the pinnacle of that series. Like, it is just really, really good. Yep. Alright, uh, I think that's all the news. So I'm going to hit an email. Okay. Uh, this email comes from Daryl. And it's it's titled Super Daryl. And, and when I read the email, I was like, are you talking about yourself? Because that's kind of funny. Uh, he says, hey guys, I just wanted to write in and say that you should try out the under-the-radar RPG action game, Super Daryl Deluxe. <laughs> At first, when I saw it in the Switch store, I thought it was more Switch shovelware. But after watching some videos and reading some pretty glowing reviews, I decided to buy it. Wow, this came out of nowhere, and I think it's the first game from Dan and Gary Games. It seems to be a mashup of the exploration of South Park with real and real-time combat of Castlevania. It is slick, funny, and remarkably well-playing RPG action game with amazing art, music, and quite a few crazy areas that can be accessed a la Metroid style. Strange fetch quests appear constantly, which task you to find such things, things such as an ear horn for Beethoven so you can hear, and fight a Donkey Kong-like boss. The game is set in a school, and you are also tasked with finding textbooks that give you special powers that can be mixed and matched to fight off crazy creatures that inhabit the portal areas within the various classrooms of art and music or science, among others. It doesn't make sense describing it, but it really is a well-polished game and have, and have spent many hours playing it. Still haven't beat it, just wanted to give it a shout-out since it hasn't been talked about much yet, but it will, and not because my name is Daryl. <laughs> You know, if if you Daryl, if you had to put a percentage on uh, why you decided to look into this game in the first place and put a percentage on how much of that is because it starred a guy named Daryl, I would I would like that very much. But uh, I'm looking at the screenshots of this in Steam, and this actually looks pretty radical. Really? And the reason why I use the word radical is because Daryl, which I imagine is the main character, is riding on a shark, and he is attacking 
muscular cactus that are seem to be trying to attack him. And then there are vultures that are shooting fire at him at the same time. And that's pretty good. I like that. That's uh, Oh, I wow. Get with that. I just looked at some screenshots. That art style is something. Oh, yeah, it definitely is something. Um, huh. Yeah, this, this, this looks like it actually is kind of fun. Am I going to have to run to my Switch after the show and pick up Super Daryl Deluxe? Maybe, maybe. Huh. But uh, yeah, thanks for the recommendation. This one looks uh, pretty pretty badass. Indie Game Garage, Taco Bell, Microsoft Imagine Cup. Like they won a bunch of awards for this game. They put a seven out of ten review on one of the reviews and uh, from Destructor, and it says it's a really fucking stupid game, and that's what I love about it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when the developers embrace reviews like that, I can I can get on board with the people. It's good stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm going to have to look into this game. It looks pretty rad. Do you know what other game that I've uh, been meaning to play that I've heard nothing but good things about, but I never have? Have you heard of West of Loathing? It sounds familiar, but I, I, yeah. I can't place it. It's uh, it's one of those... It's a very odd-looking game. I mean, your main character and everyone else is a stick figure, right? Okay. And it's like this, it's like this uh, slapstick comedy Wild West adventure slash role-playing game. And I hear the comedy is, like, exquisite. And that's why it kind of interested me to it. I'm going to probably pick this game up at some point. So, Daryl, if you are interested in indie RPGs, this one has, like, overwhelmingly positive reviews, which is very hard to get in Steam. And with over 2,000 reviews, so maybe give that a check as well. Uh, I'm going to look into it eventually as well. All right, awesome. I always like discovering new games I had no idea existed. I saw somebody tweeted me the other day, the guys that made Stories Path of Destinies is working on a new game. So I'm like, oh, yeah? Yeah, I think even Drew would be interested in hearing that because yeah. I know you guys like that game a lot. I did. I'm, I'm going to check that out when it comes out. See. Man, see, that's what I'm saying, man. It's just, there's no room for, for being a sourpuss in the gaming. There's too many good games. Well, let's talk about how much you love Shamu then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, the difference is at the end of the conversation. Uh, like, uh, the the difference kidding. is that I'm doing it, so it makes it okay. Well, exactly. That's the other thing. I, <laughs> yeah, I said I it, so it's okay. It's okay. All right, let's go to the Twitter. Um, only one person tweeted at us, but he tweeted us a lot, so I'm going to run through it. Uh, although Mookie did send us a message last week and said, uh, you guys seriously need to make another podcast show that talks about movies. Hey, we did go into a big thing about Marvel and DC last week, and that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I don't the 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 problem I would have with that is I don't see a lot of new movies when they're in theaters. Mm. So like it would mostly be me talking about movies that I have just caught up on. Like I saw Black Panther got a release date for Blu-ray and I'm like, "Oh cool, I kind of want to see that." So Did you watch the uh the DC animated film, The Suicide Squad? I have, I have I didn't buy it because I was out of town. Uh. So I will pick it up probably next week. I think you'll like it. It's good. Uh, Dustin sent us a bunch of tweets. The first one, <laughs> I don't have Ryan here to back me up. Uh, he says, Mighty Number no. 9 is not a good game. It's okay at best. You guys are high. <laughs> I agree. Mighty Number no. 9 is not a good game. It's I, mediocre at best. I liked Mighty Number no. 9. It's fine. It's fine. No, the, the art style is completely not really lacking of any kind of charm. Uh... <laughs> The the gameplay element of you like dashing through stuff doesn't flow as well as it needs to because the level design is lackluster. Um, just play Ozzer Striker Gunvolt one and two. Those I have better, that too. Better fucking Mega Mega Man games than uh, Mighty Number no. Nine is. This, the video games are not the Highlander. There doesn't have to be only one. Okay. Yes, there is. 
Yes, I, I like now that God of War is here, all other games must perish. That's true. Okay, that's yeah. very true. Like every other game, and I feel bad for Yakuza more than anything. Cause like, well, I've already played it, so it's okay by me. Well, I mean, release wise, like that game was supposed to be out what in March. Yeah. Like they should have put it out then because God of War is going to just just eat everything this week. I hope that's not true because <sighs> yeah, I bought Yakuza. I did my part. Okay. Eh, well, we'll see. We'll see how that goes because I feel like Yakuza fans are Yakuza fans, and God of War fans are kind of God of War fans in some ways. Yeah, but then there's people like me that love them both. And then you bought them both. There I, you go. Well, I didn't buy God of War. They sent me that. But mm-hmm. I would. I would have totally bought God of War. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, he also says, Nino Kuni 2 does one of my favorite controls that most games need, advancing text via the D-pad. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's actually really nice. I did not notice that. I need to go play that game again. <laughs> you don't have to play from the beginning to... No, 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 I don't, I don't need to play from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, just, just like tap the D-pad as you're kind of progressing through the dialogue. Huh. That's good. That's cool. No, that, I mean, any excuse to go back to that game, because, man, I like that game a lot. Uh, that's a good game. Uh, <laughs> okay. He says, I can't wait to hear 30 minutes of dull conversation about Overwatch this week again. That's what people tune in for, man. You guys say that you hate it, but <laughs> given that we do it every week and you keep tuning in, then you're, you're either, you know, masochistic or you like it secretly. So I don't know, man. Secretly, it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, played halfway through A Way Out and I'm enjoying it. Uh, it can have some pacing issues, but it does some neat things with co-op. Yeah, I hope you're playing with a buddy of yours in couch co-op because that is how that game is meant to be played. Uh, been playing some Turok on 64. Love that game, but I can't see shit inside those caves. Damn it! Then buy the updated versions. They're on Xbox and PC. They the fog is gone. The fog is gone. Beautiful. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, if you made a Silent Hill game and you say the fog is gone, that's not good. Well, that Silent Hill's supposed to have fog. Turok had it because the fucking N64 couldn't handle the polygons. Hey, man, the N64 was a perfect machine. It could handle all the frames. All the games were locked at 60. You were not adjusted to the beauty and magnificence of the N64 again. It could handle all five frames per second that those games were in at. Yeah, people forget about the frame rates in S C C four, but Oh go play Goldeneye. Go play Goldeneye, baby. Woof. Choo choo. Because they're chugging. Uh go play Perfect Dark without the expansion pack. Oh god. Perfect Dark. Oh that's man. like a eight frames a second kind of game. I, t- I tell you what, you really want to blow your mind, play Perfect Dark on the N sixty four without an expansion pack and then go play the remastered one on Xbox Live that runs at sixty. Whew. You want to talk about you want to talk about a jarring situation? It's just weird to me that we were so okay with incredibly bad frame rates back in the day, but now we're like, I don't know, man. It's not even locked at sixty. Should I even play this game? Yeah, that, well, that's why I always roll my eyes when people say that. I'm like, did, did like you just start playing games yesterday? Like I I I mean, make it the original Mega Man would like stop down to like what like four <laughs> frames a second. If you watch the speedruns of that game, it's largely dependent on killing enemies really fast when they're off screen, yep. so that they don't lag your screen, so your time gets faster. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of that. It's funny. Yeah, sixty frames a second has never been a standard. It's it's nice. It's real nice. But the fact that you would say I don't, I won't play a game that's not locked at sixty. 
Uh, I, there's something wrong with you in the head. Just saying. Uh, he says, I ended up picking up a Sega Saturn for the cheap, but was looking up all the games I wanted to play, and holy shit, they range from 150 to $450. Yep. That's actually kind of topical to what we're talking about. It is. Time. Yeah, Saturn, no. Yeah. Sega Saturns are really easy to get your hands on. In fact, I have two in my closet, if you need one. Uh, one of them is modded, one of them is not. <laughs> Why do you have two Sega Saturns? I had one that was modded and one that wasn't. Wait, did, were you one of the craziest people that bought a Saturn on launch for like $600? No, no. I did okay. not buy it when it launched. Um, okay. I think I bought it right around the time, right before the PlayStation came out. Because if he did, I was going to say, hey, rich guy, why don't you lend me some money, buddy? Come on. This, this, you go obviously you have something to let's, throw around. Let's, let's, let's go back to when the Sega Saturn came out, you know, in 1994. Exactly. That was, uh, Jay, I don't know if you do math, but that was oh. like uh, 14 years ago. No, it was, uh, it was 24 years ago. <laughs> yeah, make sure to add the extra 10. Oh, my God. I'm old. I had, old now. I had a job when the Saturn came out. <laughs> did you really? Yes. I started Holy working. Shit. I started working when I was like 16 years old. Yeah, uh, that's still pretty impressive. Good for you, man. I started working later, later down the line. Oh God, no! I I got a part time job when I was still in high school, like about 14, 15, because you could get a work permit and work. And I, you know, I just wanted the money. I wanted extra money. What did you do back then? Exactly? I had washed dishes at a restaurant. You know, cool. Nothing, cool. nothing fancy. Do it like on the weekends or whatever. It's good, honest work, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah. The best Saturn games are going to run you an arm and a leg. I looked up the Panzer Dragoon Saga uh, thing as we were talking, and you can buy this really nice uh, disc only, and they come they come wrapped up in rubber band for three hundred and fifty dollars for Panzer Dragoon Saga sale. Yeah, don't nice look up cheap. don't look up an incomplete in box version. No, don't, of don't Panzer Dragoon Saga. Holy shit! You can you can buy that rubber banded four disc set of disc only Panzer Dragoon Saga, or you could buy a literal Xbox One X. You know, yeah, or an or a PS4 with like eight games. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. So choose wisely. Yeah, it's uh, it's ridiculous how much that game costs. And truthfully, I think if they remastered that game or they just re-released it somewhere, whew. Dude, I'd be on I'd be on top of that like instantaneously because that game is like one of the games of legend that like a, one of the best RPG games that people talk about, and I never got around to even playing like a minute of it. You want to you want to you want to hear a very sad anecdotal story about that game? Right. So I worked in a GameStop um, when the Saturn was dying. This is around let's say ninety six, ninety seven, and we had all of our Sega Saturn games on the shelf and since we were trying to get rid of inventory we would slowly mark them down at one point Panzer Dragon Saga sat on the shelf with a $9.99 price tag on it wait complete? it was new oh my god it was brand new and because nobody wanted the Saturn because the Playstation was at the height of its popularity it took forever and finally I sold it to one of my regulars um, telling her how awesome it was, mm-hmm. so she bought it and she still owns it and she is very proud that she has that game. You could have bought it and then got it for a fucking employee discount. I, I, at for the like time, 30%. at the time, I already had the game. Oh, okay. Uh, but then when I got rid of my Saturn, I traded it in. And trust me, I have never regretted anything more in my life <clears throat> as I got older than trading in a copy of Pants Dragon Saga. That's a that's a goddamn bummer, my friend. Yep. 
That's one of the that's one of the only games like I remember that I literally remember the games that sat on because the Saturn section had become just one shelf because we were trying mm-hmm. to get rid of it. It was that game. It was Burning Rangers. And uh, I heard good things about Burning Rangers. Burning too. Rangers was an excellent game. I think it was literally the last game released, uh-huh. uh, and a copy of Tomb Raider and one other game, and that was it. But they were all like yellow tag clearanced, and I had to I had to literally convince somebody to buy that game at ten dollars. <laughs> you should have put it on the side for me, man. Come on. This you should be like, I'm going to know this guy, some Asian dude from a podcast. <laughs> in 20, 20 years from now, I years, should put it yeah. aside just for him. Why, why couldn't you have the foresight for that, Ken? That's messed up. Dude, man. the I store that I worked at is now an abandoned building. That tells you how long ago this was. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, Sega Saturn, the great Sega Saturn games are super expensive. I'm not going to promote anything on this show, but it is extremely easy to mod a Sega Saturn, and there are ways to find those games. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah, I hear you, because the emulation front for Sega Saturn is almost non-existent. Yes, so, so the only way man. to do it is to mod a system, and then, you know. The it, thing is, I want to play those games, but I don't want to play them that badly. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to go through all that trouble. Like, it sucks to go through all that trouble. Yeah. Um, but when, the, when a game you want to play is $500 or a CDR... You know what I mean? That's why I really feel like Sega needs to re-release some of those. Uh, the, the opinions of N4G Podcast and the illegal activities that we're talking <laughs> of are not the opinions of the N4G Podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't promote piracy anyway. I think you should buy everything. But man, four hundred fifty dollars for a game is just too much. I don't care yeah. what game it is. It it just is. I hear you. Uh, he also says, I don't know why Sega is doing a Genesis Mini. I bet it will be the same collection of games Sonic Ultimate was, and the new upcoming one will be, probably. <sighs> and finally, he says, I've never played Shinmu, but for 30 bucks you get both, and I might have to check out what all the fuss is about. Yeah, that's the, that's the right price for the let's check out what the fuss is about price point, doesn't it? It's the $30 it's, for two games. It's oh amazing that we the, in the same show we talked about Shinmu 1 and 2 remasters with modern controls, dual audio language, it's $30. Yeah. And then that stupid arcade game, I already forgot the name, uh, Wild Guns. Wild Guns. Is $30. It's, it, it's weird. <laughs> One of these is not like the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the the whole backwards compatibility yeah. is, is important because it allows people to kind of take a journey to the past and see what the fuss is about. I think that's a big deal because I think when you get into games as much as like like you and I do or other people that are really invested in this hobby, then you want to also be involved in the history of the genre of games and really kind of go back and hit up those games that people consider some of the best. Like yep. when you talk about uh, some of the best in the genre, you think of like... Uh, like torment, uh, if you think about like adventure games, like isometric adventure games, people always bring up torment, and that's a game that hasn't aged very well. I tried playing it, but I, I never could get into. But understanding where the games have come from kind of gives you a greater appreciation for the medium as a whole, um, and I think that's uh, something that's meaningful to have, you know. Because yeah. since we're already so intimately involved in in gaming, we might as well be able to appreciate it for what it is, right? Yep, absolutely. 
that is all the tweets, but I wanted to end this. I was surprised somebody asked asked, asked us about this, but there was a story that floated around this week um, that kind of got some traction about the PlayStation 5. I, I, I saw the headline, but I didn't look into it. What's that about? So apparently a site ran a news story saying the PlayStation 5 development kits were out and they were launching in 2018. To which, uh, you know, obviously everybody balked at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know... Mr. Press Sneakfuck, as they like to call him, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, who actually does investigative reporting, uh, went and talked to his sources. Apparently the dev kits are out there. They are very limited. Like, they are only with big, big, big publishers right now. And we're looking more around, like, 2020. But, you know, this conversation always crops up, and, and it gets more and more... Like, at this point... Just kind of a like a gauge of interest. What would Sony have to do to get people to buy something, considering how popular the PS4 is right now? Like, like what even is a PS4 at this point? Is it just a cutoff? So uh, well, not- the PS4 itself is a platform that's been muddied because of the PS4 Pro's existence. But that, like, that's if, the- if PS4 when did PS4 come out? Like 20- 2013. 2013, right? So it's been five years. Yes. And if they're going to have a PS, uh, PS15, I mean PS15, <laughs> PS, PS5. <laughs> not quite, not quite. That's a few yeah, years. PS15, uh, we, have, we have a few years from that. PS5, uh, that would have been in 2020, you say, or even if it was 2018, that would have been a five-year cycle, which is not unheard of for a console, right? Mm. But because of the PS4 Pro releasing in between, everyone feels like this is too soon. And it's not really. Uh, if the PS5 comes out and they say, oh, yeah, because of the architecture of the PS4, it's fully compatible, fully backwards compatible with every PS4 game. I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll buy that. And then yeah, I'll just replace my PS4. That's the thing, is Sony hasn't exactly been on board with backwards compatibility. Are they kind of forced to do that at this point? With the way Microsoft uh, is handling it? and you know, I, I feel like, I don't think they're forced to handle it, because, for example, Switch certainly didn't do that, right? Not backwards compatible with the Wii or the Wii U. Yeah, but nobody cared about the Wii U. And it's very successful. Nobody cared about the Wii U, though. Um, yeah, but think about all the games and the gems that we're thinking of, like, oh, we got all the remakes. Yeah, I was going to say, they've all been re-released, right? (laughs) So that's what I mean. What I mean to say is that the practicality of making a Wii U game into the Switch, I think, would have been very difficult. And the practicality of the PS3 being emulated on PS4 was not practical in the slightest, right? Because of the architecture differences. But the PS4 and the Xbox One, initially, are running on architecture that are very PC-friendly, meaning that they're running on these, like, 86, x86 architecture, and you're able to do these games, like, kind of, like, back and forth between PC and PS4 much easier than you used to. So unless the PS5 works on some kind of ridiculous, like, cell structure architecture, just like how what the PS2... well. Cell was PS2, right? Or was that the PS3? No, that, was, that was PS3. Cell, Cell processor, PS3, yeah. Was because PS3. PS2 was the emotion. Or was yeah, yeah, yeah. PS3 was... PS2? was uh, and that was very yeah. difficult to program for. And that's one of the reasons why they decided to transfer over to a more familiar uh, architecture so that developers will be able to tap into the power of the console much more readily and much more easily. So I think when it comes to the PS5, I think full backwards compatibility for back PS4 games are on the table. And it wouldn't even cost them that much to do it, as long as their architecture is not insanely ridiculously stupid. So that's what I feel like. And Ken, like, where, where are you on board with that? If they say PS4 games backwards compatibility, you just put them in the disc, they work. Would you buy a PS5 on like uh, just right away without any, I'm, any hesitation? I'm the wrong person to ask because I buy every console. On yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but, I thought about that. Yeah, it's 
I always look at it because like this this mid mid generation upgrades have really thrown me off. Yeah, they really have. Because like my Xbox kind of got a resurgence when the X came out because it was so it it is so powerful that like some of the stuff on here just looks like I just played through God of War, dude, and I'm gonna tell you something right now. That game is just fucking stellar visually. Mm. Like. I, I feel like we're at the peak. I don't want to think about the next thing. The visual fidelity, right? It, can't, yeah. it feels like it can't get much better. It's, I, I mean, it always... I mean, we've said that since the beginning of time. When I played fucking Super Mario 64, I'm like, holy shit, nothing will ever look better than no, this. No, no, nothing will ever top the Encore <laughs> in Final Fantasy VI, okay? It's, it's the best... It's, it's still the best visual representation of opera I ever made. So, But yeah. let's also be fair that we have not had a leap like we did from 16 to 32 Very since then. You know, 32 to what we're at now, it's just granularly gotten better. It hasn't been like a massive leap. Let's be fair, 360 to, you know, Xbox One has not been as drastic as going from Super Nintendo to the PlayStation. Yeah, the and also we had the Super Nintendo 16 to 32, and then the standard definition to high definition yes, was huge. That was a huge thing when we went from you know PS2 and original Xbox. Even some of those games did progressive scan at 480p, mm-hmm. and we, none of us really had the TVs for them back then. You know, and then even in the early days of the 360 and the PS3, a lot of people did not have the TVs. But now I remember the, playing uh, like Gears of War for the first time on the 360. That blew me away, dude. Yeah. Like, I was like, whoa. The visuals, but then again, you look at Gears of War 2 today, and you're like, this yeah. still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I mean. So I think when it comes to the improvements of the games, will not just come from the visual fidelity, but also in the things like physics and sure. the AI, which is dominated mostly by the CPU, which, let's be frank, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X both have very mediocre CPUs comparatively to their GPU power, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they, if they focus more on that and don't buy into this whole cloud processing idea, I, I understand that it is possible, it does help, but you need, a, you need a powerful CPU on board to actually make the next generation of gaming, the next generation of AI and physics manipulation to really come through. And I think that's where we're going as far as games go. And then, obviously, 4K native for all games going forward for um, for the next generation, I think, is something that people should look into. But that's still very difficult to do. Yeah, but, it, it was interesting in the beginning of this generation, like, everybody was promising 1080p, and that wasn't even... That's still not even standard across the original Xbox One and PS4. It's more on PS4, yeah. but, like, original Xbox One, that thing very rarely hit 1080p. Yeah. Yeah. And even PS4 didn't hit it with every game. So, true. you know, even with these mid-grade upgrades, like, Xbox One X has done a really good job of hitting native 4K on a lot of games, but there are still games that it cannot hit native 4K on. So, so it's, I don't it's gonna It's gonna take a while, for sure. It is, and, I, and again, like I said, I just don't think I'm ready. Like, I'm super happy with my Pro, I'm super happy with my Xbox One X, and to be frank, I'm super happy with my Switch, even though it's not pumping out super visuals, it's pumping out great games. Right, so... Well, let's revisit this when it comes to 2020 then, right? I think we'd be, we might be more willing because even I'll have a 4K TV by then. <laughs> See, but the real I'm like question, the last fucking person across the finish line on this. No, no, no. Drew may not have a 4K TV by 2020. 
Drew might not have a TV anymore. He might not be allowed to watch TVs anymore <laughs> at that point, okay? So let's not talk about Drew. It's depressing. Oh, poor Drew. Not having no poor Drew. Case. We hardly knew him. You know, he was a jolly good fella. It's crazy, though, because you can... Like, I saw yesterday, like, there was a Vizio 4K 55-inch TV for $360. See, see, Ken. I can buy into those. Pretty nice, but mid-level 4K TVs, yeah. or I can get that top-of-the-line next-generation OLED TV that's going to set me for the rest of the fucking 10-year span. No, it's That's not. what I'm going for. No, it's not. You did, yeah, people thought buying those super expensive Samsung 4K TVs a year and a half ago were going to last them forever, and then all of a sudden OLED popped up, and they're like, oh. Yeah, but at least I'll have the technology. It's not like OLED is going to start looking bad all of a sudden by comparison to something else. It's <laughs> Dude, not. my LEDs don't look bad. <laughs> well, no, no. What I mean to say is that, like, when I want to upgrade, I kind of... The, the thing is, it's so difficult for me because I hate being wasteful, right? So I have this perfectly fine Vizio... A 1080p, it's got a lot of really good uh, features. It's The colors, the brightness, awesome. It's a great TV. It works perfectly. No, it doesn't even have a single dead pixel. It doesn't have any issues whatsoever. And the thought that I'm just going to replace this TV with a 4K just because it's 4K, it's kind of like, eh. But if this TV starts dying or something like that, then I'll, I'll replace it. But until then, I'm going to just stick with it. I said the same thing last year. It was about a year and a half ago with my Samsung 1080p TV. I'm like, man, this still looks really good. And since then, I have purchased four 4K TVs. You're part of the problem. I, I am. I am. Just because they're 4K TVs doesn't mean you have to buy four of them. You don't understand that, right? Can't I uh, needed one for every room. You know. God damn it. I've got a 50, a 50, two 55s, and a 165. It's, just, it's too much, man. Too much. Uh, you know what? My house is packed with uh, greatness. This is packed with technology, that's for sure. It is. You can go in any room, watch videos in 4K. It's pretty great. Eh, we'll see. I know 4K is going to be more and more integrated over the time. And by 2020 rolls in, I think basically every uh, every streaming website is going to be, you know, Streaming in 4K. The thing is, you also need to have the internet to back up 4K in a lot of ways, and I gotta, I gotta upgrade my internet eventually. So we'll yep. see how that goes. Too. I just, uh, I just upgraded mine. I got your, giga, your gigabit now, right? No, no, no. I'm 400. Okay, 400. 400 is the highest you can get in my area. Like I've looked into the uh. gigabit, and like certain places offer it, but not in my area. So 400 was the max that I could get right now. So I got the 400. And to be fair. Like, National Broadcast TV is still not running at 4K. They're not. And a lot of streaming services don't offer everything at 4K. So that's kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. That's why it's always good when there's a Netflix original that I want to watch, because they do everything in 4K. Oh, did you start watching that uh, Lost in Space? No, I keep, hearing, I keep hearing people talk about it. I think I might check it out at some point. Yeah, I put it on my list, but I haven't checked it out yet. But I'm hearing good things. Yeah, I finally watched Cloverfield Paradox. I, I was way behind on that one. So I watched that. Yeah, it's uh, I I like the concept of how they put that out more than I like the movie itself. I I thought it was fine. I'm not a big okay. Cloverfield fan. Like I've seen all of the movies, and I think they're all mm-hmm. interesting in their own way. But like I wasn't upset about the connection. No, no, no. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't hate the movie, but I just love the fact that it was fucking shadow drop during the Super Bowl, dude. How Those hype the is best. that? Those, that <laughs> that's why I'm kind of hoping that Microsoft's going to shadow drop Crackdown at E3. Just like, like, oh, we can download it and play it today. Yeah, because like we haven't heard about it since last E3. 
You like, know, when I look at Open Critic, because I just had it open, uh, Crackdown 3 is still listed as Spring 2018, and Spring is before E3, right? Yeah, Spring runs through, what I want to say, May? May, right? Yeah. So it should be coming out soon. Well, but, they have, Microsoft hasn't said anything about the game. That's what I'm saying, is they came out on stage last year and was like, here's Crackdown, and then, like, nobody heard from it again. This this game has had a rather troubled development path, for sure. It has. It has. I, um, I, I hope it'll be good, and I know people have been waiting for this game for a long time, but I I wouldn't bet on it being particularly great from the signs that we've seen seeing, but yep. maybe. It, it's, always a, it's always a hit and miss with those games mm. that kind of disappear, reappear thing. Yep. But hopefully we'll find out in 2018. Yep. Because if it gets delayed to 2019, then there's a problem, and I, I would be very concerned about that game. And then they'll be like, actually, we decided to cancel it so we can make Sea of Thieves 2 instead. It's like, ah, and then people yeah, freak out. Maybe don't do that. Alright, that is it for the show. Let us know if you enjoyed listening to two people ramble, because if so, we'll just keep doing that. Uh, but we are going to try to get more people. If you want to shoot us an email, it's podcasts at ztgd.com. You want to follow us on Twitter, it's at BotterSiteJ and at ZTGD. You can also follow the site at ZTGD Content. Uh, check out Phoenix Down. Drew actually does show up for that podcast. They put one up last <laughs> week. <laughs> Once in a blue moon he does. Yeah, yeah, it only took him like a month and a half to get that. And then and then after a week later, he'll talk about the one more hour gameplay he played. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I played it for about an hour. You know, after two I, I love giving Drew crap. Uh, more so when he is here to respond for himself, frankly. But, you know, what are you going to do? Well, he used to listen to the show. I guess I'll find out if he listened to it now. See if he'll like, you dicks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that is it. You can follow the, the podcast on Twitter at add 4 g Podcast. Check us out. Send us emails. Maybe there'll be uh, a fresh face on next week. I don't know. Or 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 two. Maybe. Or two. We'll maybe. see. Who we'll knows? See. We, we need better. We need more backups. Truthfully, yeah. So we need more bench members. Yeah, we need more people on the bench so we can bring them in when uh, you know everybody cancels because that that happens too often. And I know people get really upset with me on Twitter when there's no show. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, people listen to the show during their commute to work on like Monday, which sounds great. And I, I love being a part of that. But you know, when there's nothing, you kind of feel left out. You know, because yep. when it becomes a part of a routine and you don't have it, it kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't like that. Like the podcast that I listen to, if they're if they're just miss a week, I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. And then I'm like, <laughs> and then like two days later, I'm like, oh, by the way, we're canceling the podcast this weekend. <laughs> Sorry, I'm that dick. Well, you know, we we'll make a concerted effort to keep going and obviously try to be more consistent with the the podcast. I'm I'm trying to be here every week. I know Ken is too, so. Yep. I'll just do that. Absolutely. But that is it, unless you have anything else. I, I can't say, does anybody have anything? Because there's nobody else here. <laughs> I know, but it's a force of habit at this it point. It is. Right? You know, I've been doing this for fucking 12 years. And this is fine. This is a long time. I've only been here for two. I know. Tw- imagine doing it for over a decade. It's a quarter of my life, man. That's a lot. That's a lot. But, yep, yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Alrighty, And it goes something like this. Welcome to the N4G Podcast. Oh, you can... It's me, Mario! Zero
is going to be a very interesting episode. Programs. I got lost trying to find my way to the secret underground N4G radio layer. The And then, I, and then I killed the dragon. Then I killed the dragon.